This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Michael Livingston, in for Dan Wanshura. I want to tell you a story that might send chills up your spine. It's about a man named Henry J. Heike. Sometime in the mid-1900s, he moves to the Straits of Mackinac, to this little town called Sheboygan, Michigan. Heike makes a homestead in the woods there, miles away from nearby towns. He builds a cabin, digs a well. Legend has it he gets married and has children. But in the solitude of the backcountry, eerie things start to happen. It's the fall of 1950, and Heike says he receives a vision of the Holy Family, Jesus Christ, the Virgin Mary, and Joseph. We know this because right where he has the vision, he builds a great stone tomb to mark his experience. He receives at least one more vision, which leads to another tomb. Nobody knows how, but many people of Sheboygan believe Heike went mad from his visions. Insane to the point of murder. This is how Mike Lindsay remembers the legend. He grew up in Sheboygan in the 90s. The story that I heard in a kind of a simple form was that, uh, you know, this guy out in the woods in the cabin and in the middle of the night, he had a dream or a vision that Jesus came to him and basically told him to murder his wife. He murders his wife and his kids and buries them under the tomb. Mike Lindsay says when he was in grade school, he rounded up a group of friends on Halloween night and convinced a parent to drive them out there. You have to start from when you turn off the main road onto this really dark, overgrown two-track that starts to go through the woods. You know, there's no lights, it's, it's dark out, and you're only seeing what your headlights are showing. Eventually, Lindsay says they reached a clearing where they could see the tombs and what's left of Heike's settlement. My friend's dad just parked the car and, and convinced us that we had to get out and walk. So, of course, we're very cautiously approaching, looking around at the dark forest that's surrounding us, you know, half expecting to hear a scream. As the kids approach the tomb, Lindsay had just enough time to read what's written on the stone before... He shut off the, the car and the lights. And then, of course, we went yelling back as fast as we can, probably tripping over each other, trying to, to get to the car, which was locked. Um, gets your heart racing. <laughs> Lindsay's visit to the tombs was just a light prank. But the gruesome fate of that little family is still told around Sheboygan. And the rumor is bad things may happen if you disturb their final resting place. All right, let's pause for a second. You've probably heard stories like this before. Around the Great Lakes, we share stories all the time about haunted shipwrecks or ghost towns and creatures like Bigfoot or the Dogman. But when it comes to urban legends like Heike's Tombs, how much is actually true? That's coming up right after this. Points North is brought to you in part by Cherry Republic. Celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. 
and Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at AspireNorthRealtors.com. Hi. Hi. Um, I could use help uh, looking up if a book is available. Sure. Um, it's Local Legends of Sheboygan, Matthew Friday. Okay. You don't actually have to go far to find the real story of Heike's tombs. Sheboygan historian Matthew Friday already put in the work years ago. Well, we have legendary locals of Sheboygan. I think that's is what that it is. It, yep. Okay. Um, and it's in the genealogy room. I check out his book and meet up with Friday at the Sheboygan Public Library. He says he grew up hearing about the legend of Heike's tombs. I mean, it might just be a goofy story. But it's still one that everybody knows. You can talk to, you know, so you can go to somebody on the street here today and I bet, hey, ever been out to Heike's tomb? And they'll tell you yes or no. Or, oh, yeah, I used to party out there a lot. You know, but they're going to know what you're talking about. Friday began tracking Heike's life through public records and wrote a two-part article for the local newspaper in 2019. What he wrote could be the best summary of Heike's life we have. And the truth was that a lot of what the legend says about him is blatantly false. So let's debunk some of these myths. First, did Heike really murder his family? Well, he, he never married and never had any children that we're aware of. But beyond that, you know, it's, it's anybody's guess. We also know that there is nobody buried underneath the so-called tombs. Friday says he saw that when he visited them for his research. They're monuments, not tombs. Also, was Heike really the loner hermit he's remembered as? Friday writes in his book and articles that even that's a stretch. He liked his solitude, but would walk to town from time to time for provisions and get a ride home from whoever would give him a lift. Friday concludes that, in all probability, Henry J. Heike was just a man who wanted to live a simple life away from the hustle and bustle, not dissimilar to many others who moved near the Great Lakes looking for peace and quiet. He says we have to be careful about what stories we make up because it involves a real person and their legacy. I think it's a disservice to him to, to remember him as somebody who built haunted monuments or killed his family and buried them there or whatever other outrageous rumors they were. You know, this is a man that clearly, whether he was mentally fit or not, just wanted peace and quiet. So if that's the case... Where does the legend of Heike's tombs come from? How does such a great deal of rumor and mystery surround this man and the monuments that he built? Well, here's what we do know about Heike's life. He was born in 1893 to a large family near Detroit. We know he became a bricklayer as a teenager, according to census data, which would explain his skill in working with stone. We knew he moved to Sheboygan sometime between 1930 and 1950, the year he constructed his first monument. Now, onto those monuments. On the first one, he wrote in huge blocky letters made of smaller rocks. Some of the letters are backwards and words are misspelled. They jut out like braille. This is what the inscription says, what Mike Lindsay read the night he visited it. JMJ. On this spot in November 1950, I, H.J. Heike, in a dream, I seen Jesus as meek and humble of heart. You know, whether his visions were real or not, you know, 
you can decide that for yourself. But, you know, clearly uh, he took his faith very seriously and it influenced his life um, to, to a very substantial degree. On the other monument, he wrote JMJ, St. Teresa, Little Flower of Jesus, and he left his handprints on it. Friday says we have absolutely no way of knowing why he sought solitude in Sheboygan and what exactly was going on with his religious visions. But what we're left with is a void of information that's begging to be filled with our own conclusions. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, live out by himself and, you know, devote a lot of his life to prayer. Of course, the other possibility, too, is that he was suffering some, some kind of mental illness. You know, I mean, it, it's not everybody that goes out and builds a stone cabin and sees visions and, and builds monuments to where, you know, he thinks he sees something. Right. That void of information and assumptions we make to fill it, that's what creates urban legends. They get passed along through word of mouth and can be morphed into tall tales. The story about the haunted house, the one about the mysterious neighbor, or scary creatures that go bump in the night. Mike Lindsay, the guy who went to the tombs on Halloween, says these urban legends are important. The element of mystery there allows people to fill in details with their own imagination, their own experiences. And I, I think that's a, you know, a force of good to kind of to bring people together in, the, in that the creativity, that sharing. Just 20 miles south of Sheboygan is the headquarters of horror book author Christopher Wright better known by his pen name, Jonathan Rand. He's the author of the popular American Chillers book series. When he moved to the area, he too was intrigued by the legend of Heike's tombs. Stories like that, they tend to, like a lot of stories, they tend to just grab you and they, they get a mind of their own. He says he often draws inspiration from urban legends in order to make up his own stories. If he was alive today, what, what are some of the questions you'd want to ask him? I would I would ask that if he if he knew when he started this this tomb thing that it would create such a stir in later years if he understood that you know this would be you know the seeds of ghost stories for for years to come and he says these legends bring people together and enrich a culture before the printed word, before we had books, storytelling was the way ideas were conveyed. And I think that is, and I think that's something that with these legends, whether it's Dogman or Heike's Tomb, some of the ghost stories um, and the, you know, the ghost ships and the haunted lighthouses, I think it, it's something that's important because it, it helps us develop our own imagination. The true end of Heike's story is that he moves closer to the town of Sheboygan before spending his last few years in the Traverse City State Hospital, which was a mental institution. He died of natural causes and was buried back in Detroit. So-called tombs are now located on private property and closed off to the public. Thanks to historians, though, no matter how the legend inspires new generations, the truth won't be too hard to find. This episode was written and produced by me, Michael Livingston. It was edited by Morgan Springer. Additional editing by Peter Payette, Ed Ronco, and Ellie Katz. The music you're hearing right now was written by Mike Lindsay, 
and inspired by the legend of Heike's Tombs. You can hear it on the album Blood and Banjos on Bandcamp. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. If you like Points North, do us a favor and rate and review the show wherever you're listening to this episode. And check out the PBS show Great Lakes Now. In the latest episode, they take an up-close look at the cannibalistic Great Lakes predator, the muskie, and head to the tip-top of Michigan's Upper Peninsula to learn about optimizing solar panels in the cold, snowy climates. That's at greatlakesnow.org. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.